0: We're on The Record. I'm Sheila Cass. Good morning. What makes a city great? Healthy commerce, a sense of security, the presence of beauty. Mayor Brandon Scott released a plan last Thursday with the aim to address all that and more for Baltimore City. It's called Downtown Rise, a roadmap to investment security and equity. Joining us by Zoom to tell us more about it is Shalonda Stokes, president of Downtown Partnership of Baltimore. The organization was one of several integral to the development of the RISE plan. Welcome back to On the Record, Shalonda.
1: Thank you. It's an honor to be here today.
0: And also with us is Baltimore City Chief Administrative Officer Faith Leach. Welcome back, Faith.
2: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: Faith, Downtown RISE has four key areas of focus. Tell us about those.
2: Absolutely. One is public safety and cleanliness. We know that we um, want to ensure that our residents and visitors have a safe and welcoming environment to come to whenever they visit us in downtown. And so we put forth some recommendations about how we can do just that. Also, we have community and economic development. We want to support our businesses and grow our businesses in downtown, as well as welcome employees back to our downtown core. And so that's what the community and economic development bucket is about. Um, Additionally, art, culture, entertainment, and placemaking. We absolutely know that our residents uh, really appreciate when we have a lively and active arts and culture scene in downtown and when we have entertainment um, that is happening in our downtown. And so we're gonna also be focusing on that work as well. And then the final bucket, which I know is um, top of mind for our residents and our visitors alike, we're gonna be focusing on our physical infrastructure. Um, So we're we're talking about improvements to our roads and our sidewalks, um, as well as our street signs in downtown.
0: So tell me a little bit more about infrastructure in particular, it's such a broad term. What, What will that cover?
2: Absolutely, so as I just mentioned, um, our infrastructure refers to the actual physical um, systems throughout downtown. So when I refer to uh, infrastructure, I'm talking about our roads, for example. Um, And so we're gonna be doing things like repairing potholes immediately and making sure that we're filling those potholes within 48 hours. We're also going to be doing things like repairing our broken sidewalks um, throughout our downtown. We also know that we need to update and repaint our crosswalk. So this is about making some immediate investments into the physical infrastructure uh, that's a part of our downtown.
0: Shalonda, part of making a vibrant downtown is, is making it easier to get there. How does public transportation fit into this
1: Oh my goodness, that is the connector, right? We, we are probably the most transit connected area in the city. And so you really look at how we are making sure that it's accessible and it's efficient. And, you know, part of what's exciting about, you know, the mayor's plan and, and the team really beginning the optimization of traffic signals. And as much as people are like, oh my God, it's traffic signals. I'm gonna tell you part of what we hear all the time is that is a challenge for people coming in downtown. So as part of Baltimore um, Department of Transportation's ongoing traffic signal optimization, that's a part of what we'll do. Optimizing stoplights means what? When we talk about optimizing uh, stoplights, it's getting a lot smarter with our travel patterns and time so that we're syncing things when people are coming in and out um, so that we don't create the bottlenecks that exist today. We really wanna get smarter with using um, technology and timing and appreciating the travelers within downtown. So these are the lights that turn green as you approach. Yes. we also know that in in you know downtown partnership we've gotten received state capital funds to improve the Charles Street Metro, the Lexington Market Metro and the bus stop and you know doing that in partnership with MTA. And so you know long term, we think this plan, You know, we know where it's going with the comprehensive planning, the light rail and bus rapid transit expansions. So all of this makes the time, you know, now for aligning aligning for long term.
0: Faith, crime may be the first thing many outsiders think of uh, when they hear Baltimore City. Um, What are the proposed ways to improve public safety and cleanliness?
2: Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for that question, um, and I, I want to make sure that everyone knows that crime is actually down in the city of Baltimore. We're seeing a 20, more than 20% decrease in homicides in our city. City. We're also seeing a decrease in non-fatal shootings, um, and so we are making some record progress while we have cities across the country that are still grappling with a rise in crime, and Baltimore crime is down, so I think that's uh, number one. Um, but number two, One of the things that we've already seen record progress on is um, our squeegee collaborative. So one of the main things that I heard, um, you know, when I came to the city of Baltimore was that we really have got to address this issue of uh, young people that are in our roadways, that are squeegeeing and seeking seeking money. And so we, we came together with business and community leaders and the downtown partnership, and we came up with a proposal and what I can tell you is already we are seeing an 85% decrease in calls for service related to Ouija activity in our city. So we are already making some progress um, on some of that work. Um, and we're looking forward to continuing to work with Solanda, um in the downtown partnership. We're gonna establish a strategic operations center where we're gonna centralize our public safety assets in the downtown region, share information so that we can address crime before it even happens in our downtown.
1: Shalonda, tell me what that strategic operations center is going to look like. What's really great about it is is the word strategic in itself. I mean, this is something where we are taking a collaborative approach um, to to doing real time um, enforcement and creation of safety for downtown neighbors. And so, for this, it's establishing um, hubs. It's making sure that we have we're using real time. Um, data and that we're using leading edge technology to help us get here. Ultimately, the goal for this is we want to increase safety and hospitality, but we but we also want to make sure it's expansive. And so people, you know, when you think about safety in downtown, people often go to, you know, just the crimes and some of those things. Other people think of safety in downtown as homelessness or areas where places aren't clean and other things like that. And, you know, going back to um, Chief Leach's reference, even squeegeeing right at one point in time, we would get a number of calls and how we deal with this. And so in the same way we created um, had the success with the squeegee collaborative, we're looking to do this with the Strategic Operations Center. It's making sure that we are being thoughtful and bringing everybody in together into the solution. One other thing that I that I did wanna say about it um, as we're building the strategic operations, and I think it's important because this isn't like a haphazard, even with the mayor's office, none of these things are like, we, we need to do it now, and we hadn't thought about it. We've invested now about a year's worth of research into what this is and how we can make sure it is specific and beneficial to our city, and ultimately to become a model for what the state could do. Right. And so we took, you know, we an education trip to Baton Rouge um, with with some partners really looking at research and how we can make sure we do this the right the right way. This is on the record. I'm Sheila Cass speaking with Baltimore City Chief
0: Administrative Officer Faith Leach and with Shalonda Stokes, president of the Downtown Partnership of Baltimore. We're talking about Downtown Rise, Mayor Scott's new plan to make safety business and infrastructure improvements in Baltimore. Faith the, pl- the rise plan states that residential priorities will be taken into consideration to create a comprehensive strategic plan how will you elicit feedback from oh, residents thank
2: Yeah thank you so much for that question you know we know that our residents our workers and our visitors they are the ones that make our downtown right and we absolutely want them to be part of the planning and so in this next phase of the work we're going to um we're we're going to start engaging our residents right we're first. We're asking them to visit our website downtownbaltimorerise.com. It's all one word, and they on that on that website they can sign up for updates. We'll also be hosting engagement sessions. We'll be creating surveys and polls so that we can hear directly from our residents about their vision for our downtown.
0: Shalanda, who is this revitalization for? I mean, is it for tourists? For people who? live in the city, people in the suburbs? Is it an attempt to
1: change people's preconceived ideas? It's and, and, and. I think when you talk about what makes up a city, and, you know, in in this case, when you talk about our downtown, this is the downtown that's for everybody you listed, plus, you know, residents, absolutely. Our employers, our employees, our investors, our visitors, our believers, right? This is a place that we want to make sure everybody feels welcome. Everybody feels safe. What's exciting about this is our city and our state and our federal government are aligned and prioritizing that. One of the things our governor consistently says, this is Maryland's decade, but this is Baltimore's time. And to have this amount of collaboration and alignment at a time where we are somewhat still resourced is phenomenal. Well, yeah. Speaking of resources,
0: Faith, what is the budget for making these improvements? Where will those dollars come from?
2: One, um, we are receiving record investments from the federal bipartisan infrastructure act. And though the resources that we get from the infrastructure act are actually coming in to help us with things like road repair and sidewalk upgrades and um, the like, And so we have some federal resources that are coming into the city. Um, And then it's also about ensuring that we're prioritizing where we place the city's resources as well. And so we'll be deploying our Department of Transportation and a lot of this stuff um, that they will be doing will be within their budgets, right? Um, And then when needed, they'll tap into additional resources. And so we're being very intentional and thoughtful about how we attack these issues um, in our downtown core. But a lot of these are um, a lot of these are issues that we're currently working on.
0: Shalanda, a lot of organizations collaborated uh, to create this plan. Tell us about some of them.
1: Oh, my goodness. That's the best part, I think, of this. And thank you really for allowing us to celebrate this type of thing. I think what's great is it was, you know, the mayor's the mayor, his team in partnership with us at Downtown Partnership, Waterfront Partnership. It was BDC, it was Live Baltimore, it was Visit Baltimore. I mean, you know, when you talk about, people say sort of the ABC soups and all of that stuff that happens, this was us talking to our constituent bases, making sure resident voices are included, making sure that we could at least come together with a comprehensive approach. And And what's great about it is we met weekly leading up the the mayor's office, they made sure that the state agencies came to these meetings. The mayor's created a mayor's business roundtable group. We wanna make sure that everybody is informed because we know there are various lenses and the win is going to be where we get to the collaborative point. Faith,
0: what's the timeline for implementing RISE?
2: Well, to me, this is one of the most exciting parts about the plan now so we know that we have the resources that we need now to be able to make some of these investments in our downtown core. And so what we put forth in this action plan are steps that we can take immediately and then steps that we can take in the short and medium term um, as well. So everybody's heard about some of the big investments that we have coming to our downtown, more than $6.5 billion of investment coming into our downtown. And some of those things are gonna take a while. They're gonna take four years, five years or more, but. Fixing our roads and repairing our sidewalks are things that we can do immediately. And so we'll be moving um, quickly to start to do that work. A lot of the work that DOT does, the Department of Transportation does, has to occur when the um, when the temperatures are above 50 degrees. And so, you know, we'll start that work, but a lot of that work might really um, start to pick up in the spring of 2024.
0: You both co-signed an op-ed in the Baltimore Sun with Mayor Scott and several other city leaders. Shalanda. What do you hope listeners and readers take away from learning about Downtown Rise?
1: Oh, my God. I want people to get excited. I want them to lean in. I want them to know that the time is now. that we have collaborative focus and partnership from federal government to every neighbor. I want them to know that from the—and this is an exciting piece. We just celebrated 40 years at our annual meeting last week— and it was our squeegee leadership team in the same room with business exec executives. That is our Baltimore, that's our future. I want them to walk away knowing that as Faith mentioned, the $6.5 billion worth of investment is happening, but in between then that we are working to make sure that every step of the way, we are prioritizing we. And we is such a big number when you talk about our downtown that employs everybody, that is transit connected, that has culture, everything has government, sports, entertainment, you know, like this is us. Faith, what would you add? What do you think the takeaway should be?
2: Um, as the mayor said in his in his um, op-ed, that this is going to be the comeback of our generation and we have all of the stakeholders and partners at the table to get this done for the city of Baltimore and we want to bring our residents along um, with us and we want to make the best downtown in the country right here in the city of Baltimore.
0: Thank you both for sharing your excitement about RISE with us. Thank, Thank
2: you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: Shalanta Stokes is president of the Downtown Partnership of Baltimore. Faith Leach is chief administrative officer of Baltimore City. We've been talking about Downtown Rise, a comprehensive plan to address safety, commerce, cleanliness, and more in Baltimore City. Short break now on The Record. When we're back, the Baltimore banners deep dive into the surge in car thefts. What's being done about it? I'm Sheila Cass. Stay with us. Welcome back to On The Record. I'm Sheila Kast. There's this sinking feeling when you realize your car isn't where you left it. Did I forget where I parked? Was it towed? Was it stolen? Vehicle thefts have surged this year in the Baltimore region causing frustration and financial burdens for residents. This week, our news partner, The Baltimore Banner, began a series on the consequences of car thefts. Joining me to talk about it is Jasmine Vaughn-Hall, The Baltimore Banner's West Baltimore neighborhood and community reporter. Welcome, Jasmine. Thank you. Also with us is The Banner's data reporter, Greg Morton, who uses data analysis and visualization to add context and clarity to complicated subjects. Welcome to the show, Greg.
3: Thanks so much for having us.
0: Jasmine, Kias and Hyundais are particularly vulnerable to theft. Why is that?
4: Well, we found out that there are certain models, I believe, between 2010 and 2021 models of these cars that don't have the correct anti-theft immobilizers, which basically prevents the cars from starting without a key. There was also a TikTok trend that happened, believe this past spring, where people were teaching people how to basically steal these cars in under 30 seconds with a USB cord and a screwdriver. And that's possible because these cars are deficient
0: in that Yes, Greg, how common are car thefts in Baltimore?
3: They've been increasingly common this year, certainly more so than in in years past. Uh, This year, we've seen rates of car thefts that we haven't seen since the mid-90s. Uh, which is concerning for a lot of residents. This year, we've already had more car thefts than we've had in the last two years combined. It's become more
0: car thefts in ten months or ten and a half months than in the last two years combined. That's correct. How yeah. many is that?
3: Already over ninety five hundred reported auto theft incidents this year, and you know I think we expect to get over ten thousand before the year's done.
0: Jasmine, Baltimore, Seattle, St. Louis, and other cities have sued Kia and Hyundai in federal court, arguing that the cars are too easy to steal and the thefts burden police resources. How have car manufacturers responded?
4: Well, I know that um, Hyundai this past Summer or spring, I believe, they gave out about 40,000 steering wheel locks. They also reached out to different owners and leasers about updates to the software for these particular cars. And I know that in terms of those steering wheel locks, those went out to over 300 law enforcement agencies. So they're being distributed through law enforcement
0: or also from dealers?
4: Through law enforcement.
0: Greg, is Baltimore experiencing more car thefts than other cities?
3: everything is relative, right? This is certainly a nationwide problem. But what I can tell you is Baltimore certainly had it worse than other parts of the state and similar cities around the country. So, What we've seen is rates per 10,000 residents much, much higher than in neighboring counties like Baltimore County, Anne Arundel County, Prince George's County, in rates that are significantly higher. Right, So at the peak of this crisis in the summer, uh, we hit over 26 auto theft incidents per 10,000 residents, which is just exponentially higher than anywhere else in the state.
0: That's Baltimore Banner Data Reporter Greg Morton on the record on WYPR. I'm Sheila Cast. Also with us is Jasmine Von Hall, the banner's West Baltimore neighborhood and community reporter. We're talking about their reporting on car thefts in Baltimore, which have tripled compared to last year. Jasmine, what neighborhood has been hit hardest?
4: So our data actually found that the top two neighborhoods are in Northeast Baltimore, and the first being Frankfurt and the other being Air Edison. And in Northeast Baltimore in general, we've seen, I believe, 900 car thefts so far this year. You spoke with Sarah Brooks, who,
0: whose car was stolen in August. Tell us about her experience.
4: Yes. So Sarah actually shared with me that her car was stolen one night um, in August after her son basically realized that it was gone from the front of her house. She has a security system or camera system and so does her neighbor. So she was actually able to get pictures from her neighbor's camera of these individuals stealing her car. She was able to recover it Later that week, I believe, she had to go get it from the impound lot uh, with a mechanic just to see what the damage was and if it was salvageable. It happened to be salvageable and she fixed it. uh, And then it broke down again in front of her house and the thieves actually came back and tried to take her car, were unsuccessful, and ruined her ignition.
0: Oh my gosh, and could she tell from the, uh, did she get video the second time too? Yes. Same, Same group?
4: I don't think she could tell who it was, like their features, because it was dark and they were wearing, you know, things over their heads. Greg, you created an interactive map
0: about auto thefts in the Baltimore region. Tell us about this map. What does it show? Sure.
3: Uh, One of the things that was important to us as we pursued this line of reporting, right, is to make it actionable for the communities that we cover. Uh, When the police put out information about auto thefts, they tend to talk about it in terms of police districts rather than actual neighborhoods. Uh Uh, So we wanted to build a tool like that interactive that allowed people to kind of take a look at, you know, how this problem looks where they live uh, and in uh, geographic terms that are maybe a little bit easier for them to understand.
0: So... How does it work? I mean, what what do people do to find out about their neighborhood?
3: Sure. Um, so this is a interactive that we have linked in uh, mine and Jasmine's story about this. Uh, we have another story where people can enter their address and like look up how bad car thefts have been uh, in their neighborhood, and this works for both uh, Baltimore City and Baltimore County.
0: And how did you get the data to build the map?
3: Uh, We got the data from the police, actually. So every month, the police put out what they call the Part 1 Crimes Database, uh, which is a record of uh, uh, that basically shows us victims of many different types of crimes, uh, information about those victims, as well as some geographic information. Uh, So what we use uh, is uh, latitude and longitude to plot these instances of auto theft on a map and situate each one within a given neighborhood or a given block.
0: And can users also f- put in a particular time period? Or oh, absolutely. Is it, is it all based on what's happening now?
3: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So all of our all of the data in our stories is as of November seventh, but this is something that gets updated every month. So uh, you know, if anybody's interested in checking out you know how bad car thefts have gotten in a month or two, like uh, it's easy to download this data uh, and recreate our analysis. We also have a link uh, to uh, the GitHub repository that we use, so you can go ahead and recreate our analysis on your own if you're interested.
4: Jasmine, what are the
3: consequences of this rash of car
4: thefts? Well, we're definitely seeing this touch on different industries. We spoke with a tow company who was basically overwhelmed and running out of space this summer from having to recover stolen cars. We also are hearing about repair times being pushed back because of manufacturers trying to get the parts out to these different businesses. We're also hearing from auto mechanics who have to get creative with keeping these cars that they're supposed to repair on their lots so that people don't come when there's nobody there and basically stealing the cars that are already in disrepair. Uh, We're also seeing with insurance adjusters, there's a longer wait time for them to come out and assess the damage to your car. And a lot of the times people are hearing that it's a total loss to their property. And then so people are trying to get inexpensive options because, you know, their cars were stolen. So they're going to use car dealerships as well.
0: I mentioned the federal lawsuit. How else is Baltimore responding to auto thefts?
4: Well, we're seeing a lot more steering wheel lock distributions. I think we have a couple coming later this month. And then I think they're also trying to obtain some digital trackers that can possibly go into cars so it's easier to recover them. Greg, is there a takeaway you have for listeners?
3: We want people to know, especially people who are currently driving one of these Kia or Hyundai models that might be vulnerable to uh, this auto theft crisis, is that there's a fix available, right? If you go to your Kia or Hyundai dealer, you can get a software patch that makes this a little bit better and makes it a little bit harder for uh, a potential thief to steal your car.
4: And what's your next reporting on this? I feel like we've got a few follows that are going to come after this, not necessarily by Greg and I together, but we've got our whole team looking into a lot of different follows on this. Well,
0: we will be reading. I appreciate you telling us about your reporting. Thanks. Thank Thank you. Thank you both. Jasmine Von hall is the Baltimore Banner's West Baltimore neighborhood and community reporter. Greg Morton is the Banner's data reporter. If you missed part of today's program, you can listen to the whole show at WIPR.org or download the On the Record podcast. At the On the Record page at WIPR.org, we have links to the Baltimore Banner's deep dive into auto thefts, including that interactive map of theft rates in our region. I'm Sheila Cast. Glad you're with us on The Record. Come back tomorrow.